It's unfortunately not as popular as another Disney movie that shall go unnamed. Yeah. That song. But, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Go back to episode one. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Star Wars! How do you know? <laughs> we don't know what is happening in Frozen 2. For all we know, there's a, a bunch of clone Annas on us. <laughs> they wouldn't be clone Annas. <laughs> It happened again! Anyway. <laughs> how do you know Frozen 2 is not really Attack of the Clones? <laughs> oh, please. Revenge of the Olafs. No, please, no! A new Sven. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's okay. O- Olaf was kind of annoying. Han in the strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be hysterical. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Return, like, of, the, return of Elsa. <laughs> the return of Elsa. <laughs> Anyways, yes. I think we had too much fun with that. Yeah, just 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 a tiny bit. What's his name? What's his name? The Sven's human handler. Uh, Christoph. Christoph. Christoph awakens. Christoph awakens. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? Um. The 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 last, the last Jedi. The last, um, the last snowman. The last snowman. <laughs> oh, too many Star Wars. The rise Frozen of somebody. <laughs> I've used everybody at this yeah. point. The Rise of Anna? <laughs> I already said, I already had Attack of the Annas. Anna, Anna, whichever. <laughs> Attack of the Annas, because obviously it's Attack of the Annas. clone Annas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no, wait. Uh, what are the rock people named? The Trolls? Trolls. Rise of the Trolls. <laughs> Rise of the Trolls. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to... Joining me this morning is a man who uh, believes in the wonderful phrase, Akuna Matata, Jacob. Well, thank you. And I'd like to introduce our co-host, who is just a squash banana. Welcome, Drew. Okay. How are you doing this morning, Jacob? I'm doing very well. Very well. Good day of work. Drawing, dueling, working on projects. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very good. I had a good day at work. Uh, since we don't really do news that much anymore, I did want to bring up one little thing before we get move on. They are making a Cuphead mo- uh, t- television series on Netflix. Yeah, I heard about that. Do you know what Cuphead is? Yeah, it's a game. Yes, but what's interesting about said game? Well, it's the art style is based back in like 1920s and 30s. Yeah, 1930s. Uh, cartoons. Yes. It's cell shaded. In fact, uh-huh. the animation in the game mm-hmm. is all drawn by hand. Yeah, I know that. Except but... it's colored digitally. Yeah. This show is not going to be drawn on paper, but they are still going to do it by hand. And I guess that means it's just going to be some kind of weird mix between the two. Interesting. But it has me excited to see where this is going to go. I have a feeling it's going to be like watching old cartoons, like Mickey Mouse cartoons or Looney Tunes or stuff like that. Yeah. 
kind of the feeling I got from the announcement, but we'll see. Yeah, that sounds like one. Huh. So, what have you been watching? Oh, what have I been Since watching? Since we appear to be rushing today, but we'll see. No. <laughs> well, I've watched quite a bit. Okay. Well, well, in theaters, I know this is not animated related, but I got the chance like to go matters. see... Yeah, like it matters. <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home. What'd you think? Oh, Glush. Gloat. Glush? No, what is wrong, Glush? Wrong word. Wrong word. Cut! <laughs> glush is a word now. Yeah, He's Glush. figure out what it meant. <laughs> like the glush over something, just the, you know, just like, nah. Glush over something, just the, anyways. <laughs> I don't know why I said that word. It's like, what? We all say weird things. Yes, we do. It's like, time. okay, where did that context come from? Okay. Uh, anyways, um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Incredible movie. Oh my gosh, this was incredible. This is so, it was such a fun, delightful, amazing, spectacular, yes, I'm using Spider-Man words, but phenomenal film. You, I mean, like, you had so many little things. There were so little facets in this movie. They're so incredible that, I mean, like, it's probably now up one of those, like, in top five, you know, Marvel Cinematic Muse, Universe films. Mm-hmm. It's that good. And how, how Marvel has progressed when it comes to making films now. Yeah. That is just so amazing. Incredible. And, yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. And stay for the credits. Indeed. Especially the mid-credits scene. Yes. That's as far as I want to go there. Yeah. Uh, yes. There was a a friend from work there. In In the movie? No, not in the movie. Okay. In the theater. In the theater. And she's sitting there and she... I mean, there are worse reasons to go to uh, Venice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> but she be like she hears she she's like she leans over to her husband and be like did that sound like Jacob you know Jacob laughing because I have a very loud laugh mm-hmm. and uh and it's just like and they're like oh, okay it could be and then just like you hear me say yes <laughs> it's like yep that's definitely Jacob and so I get a text and it's like Jacob are you in the movie she's like yes <laughs> and so what it was what were you doing checking your phone in the movie when everything was said and done. Oh, okay. <laughs> be like, I don't... That be makes like, I, sense. Yeah, I heard a buzz and I was like, I'm watching a movie. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah. I don't care. Be like, I hear it buzz. I see someone go walk off with their phone and be like, what the heck are you doing? I, I'm, I'm Why the kind are of, you leaving when the credits start? There's two more scenes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was kind of like when I, when we watched the uh, Infinity War in theaters. Mm-hmm. Be like, I saw people get up because I was already just... Yeah. Emotional blown out. I was like, what the heck are you doing? Sit down, there's more. And it was like, huh? Whatever. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, incredible film. I probably want to go see it again, but I still got to watch Toy Story 4. Yes. But Do that I, before it leaves theaters. Then yeah. go see Spider Man again. Yes. Uh, and then I got the chance to, well, Saturday, I had the day off. Mm-hmm. I had the, or last Saturday, I had the day off. And so I worked on a project, which I got done, which uh, if you follow my Facebook, uh, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, you could see that in probably about two weeks. Yeah. I'm really proud of it. I'm looking at it right now. It's purdy. <laughs> okay. It's purdy. <laughs> okay. Right. It's actually done very good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and so while I'm doing that, 
I'm thinking like, so what can happen in the background? It's like, ooh, I can watch Gargoyles from Disney. Aren't they making a movie? There, there are rumors. Supposedly John Favreau's directing? Uh, it's not John Favreau, it's someone else. I just can't remember who it was. John Favreau would do a good job. Yes, he would. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, just his, his, you know, a movie we're talking about tonight that's directly related to it. Um, but, yeah, that would be very interesting if they did a live-action Gargoyles movie. And so, I have Gargoyles Season 1 on DVD. And, the it has, it's literally a movie in five parts. Mm-hmm. And it's just literally telling you the story, who these characters are. And it's such an in-depth, rich show, which I enjoy because I've watched that DVD. I think this is the second time watching it. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's an amazing series. If you have not watched Gargoyles from Disney, go watch it. Find it. Go find it on DVD. Uh, wait until Disney Plus comes out. I guarantee it's going to be there. Eventually. Eventually it'll be there. It should be. If it doesn't. Disney, what is your problem then? <laughs> Be like they're already remaking like I think, uh, Chip like Chippendale is getting one, one well, one Dalmatians is getting one, which the animation style is not that good looking. And then they're making a live action uh, Lady in the Tramp, Tramp? movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Uh, and so what you, the all all line casts in theaters didn't make sense to you, so you went with an all dog cast at home. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Next thing you're going to tell me, the Aristocats is going to be on Disney Plus also. Wait a minute. How do you get house cats (laughs) to do all of that that you see in that movie? That's the most unoriginal, unauthentic movie in the Disney canon. Yeah. (laughs) At least a dog can be trained. It's very hard to train a cat. (laughs) Or, correction, a house cat. (laughs) But everybody wants to be a cat. Yeah, that's true. That is a very jazzy number. That being said, I did see... A picture someone had taken of a white cat named Duchess mm-hmm. who had three kittens that were the same colors yes, as, I saw that. as the cat, as, as the kittens in as that kitten. movie. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, and the final thing I watched, which was very surprisingly hysterical. Mm-hmm. Girls and Penzers. You saw the tank movie, the tank show. Yes, I did. The lowly tank show. <laughs> Well, to, to set to set this up, because uh, sun, Sunday night... It... Oh, this sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Yeah. A mutual friend of ours, Chase. Yeah, yes, we're just going to say his name on the show now. Yeah, He's Chase. been so nice not to. <laughs> yes. Now. Chase, you got a shout out. Uh, so I'm going to text him right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, we go to his house. And uh, he's like, I was still trying to get home. Yeah, yeah, you miss it. It was hysterical. It was. I know you spilt something on his floor. Yes, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So he plugs it. It was Mountain Dew. It couldn't stain. Anyway, (laughs) but so we we watch Girls and Panzers, and it is the most bizarre show on the planet. Mm -hmm. It is so good. It's such a good, funny little not a rom com, but funny. Yeah. So so funny. And so in the middle of all this, I had bought I had bought food, brought it over to Chase's. So I get there, Chase would be like, That's like, oh man, we're gonna order food. And so him, the other guy, uh, Hezekiah, order food. And so in the middle of it, 
be like, we're watching Girls and Panzers, and for some reason, I shift, I start shifting things, my drink topples over. So, Chase is like, great, that's the one thing I didn't want you to do. So, we, we go, we get... For some reason, now the, the Gargoyles <laughs> theme is playing as I'm visualizing this Mountain Dew bottle turning slowly <laughs> over and over as it falls into the ground. <laughs> And so we, we, we finally get this done. We finally get it cleaned. And, uh, it's like you get bleach and water, and, you know, vacuum it up. And, uh, it came out Good. for the most part. And so. Then it kicked you out. No. <laughs> no, that's not how it worked. No, that's not how it worked. It, it was more the like, uh, the like kind of providence in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what happens next is like we're in the middle of watching and we get a knock at the door and just like, what in the world? And it's like, it's the cops. It's like, okay, this is weird. So Chase goes over and it's like, so he goes and talks with the cops and I can't hear the conversation. And he's like, it's like, oh, okay. So he walks in and so what's going on? It's like, yeah, apparently they were doing something. I swoop because there was some, some disturbance and they looked over and there's like, it's like, yeah. Does anybody know what a green car, anybody own a green car? Because it's going to get towed. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. I own a green car. What's going on? <laughs> so apparently... Uh, the police show up, see my car is parked 16 inches away from the curve. And the, the neighbors don't know who the car is. Chase forgets it's my car. And so if I didn't act as swiftly as I did, my car would have gotten towed. <laughs> and so that's mm. why my post said what it said. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Providence. <laughs> Thank goodness for small favors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, luckily enough, I walked out and be like, whoa, hold on, that's my car. Mm. It's like, okay, be like, do I need to do anything? It's like, no, you're good. As long as we know whose car is, we're good. And so, yeah, that's how that story went. So what have you been watching, Drew? What have I been watching? Well, besides Spider-Man, as I went to go see that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just all webheads here. Of course, of course, of course. No, I've been mostly just continuing on all this other stuff I need to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched a little bit of uh, Evangelion again. Mm-hmm. I need to, I'm slowly working my way through it. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just, it's dense. Yeah, it's very it's dense. The nicest way I know how to put that. It is dense. Um, uh, still working my way through uh, Wise Man's Grandchild. I hadn't finished that yet. Uh Really, I like I said, it's just I've not watched anything new. Is my problem okay? Unless you, I did go see Men in Black International. Also. Okay, how was that? It was okay. It's okay. Yeah, it wasn't like great, but it was not bad. Okay, you know, like most of the Men in Black movies, it's not great, but it's not bad. Okay, so yeah, I was I was hearing really bad reviews over it. I think those are the same people who gave Men in Black three bad reviews. Mm-hmm. I think this there is a bit of cheesiness to the Men in Black of franchise, mm-hmm. and there are people who do not like cheese. No, maybe they're uh, unless it goes full on comedy. And Men in Black's never really been a full on comedy. Yeah, there is comedy in it, but it's not a full on comedy. Yeah. So yeah, maybe they're lactose intolerant. Maybe. There is one thing I did watch. Okay. Uh, 
last Tuesday, after we recorded uh, our episode on uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Yes. Somewhere in that conversation, my brain got attached to a memory of a SpongeBob SquarePants episode. Okay. Called uh, the Krusty Krab Training Video. Okay. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. It just did. Okay. So I went and had to look that episode up. Right. And I laughed my full head off. Okay. For those who don't know what it is, like my co-host here. Yeah. Uh, I gr- I just for clarification, I did not watch SpongeBob growing up because I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob. Well, and plus, we didn't get it. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants, as you know, works at the Krusty Krab. Yeah. A local hamburger eatery in Bikini Bottom. Yeah. Coincidentally, where they also dropped atomic bomb tests back in the back in the 1950s. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I find, just find it interesting that all these yeah. living animals are where the nuclear bombs went off. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the episode in and of itself is a parody of the training videos when you go to work at a big chain store like Brookshire's I gotcha. or Dairy Queen. or yeah. uh, It's that kind of cheesy uh, going through all, here's the things you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what? I'm, they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're the stupidest things anyone's ever written, and they are all made in the eighties. <laughs> and it's that kind much. Of, and of course, the running gag of this uh, of any time the Krusty Krab is in it is that Plankton, the closest thing the show has to a villain, is always trying to steal the formula for the secret formula to the Krabby Patty. Huh. So, in the middle of this instructional video, they of course have to mention. Uh, the formula, for the the Krusty Krab, the, the, the Krabby Patty is this thing that must be protected at all costs. And oh no, what's what is these? Why are these metal legs sprouting out of the Krabby Patty? Plankton is trying to steal the Krabby Patty once again. And of course, it's actually Plankton. There's like, did you hire in universe? Did you hire Plankton to try and steal a Krabby Patty, or was this providence that he happened to show up and you just kept filming? And in that case, shouldn't you have paid him? <laughs> But anyway, and of course it goes to this whole thing, and I'm laughing at that part. And the gag is, by the end of the show, you should know everything you need to know about running, working at the Krusty Krab. Right. Including how to make a Krabby Patty. Okay. So, ending comes up and says, uh, we're now to the part where we're going to make the Krabby Patty. And of course there's big, huge buildup. This guy going da 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 this whole fake trumpet thing as the yeah. big Krabby Patty is coming towards the screen. At this point, you know they're wasting time to get to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's filler. Yeah, it's filler, but it's like it works for what they're doing. And they start going this whole thing. It's like, are you sure you don't want to know what the Krabby Patty is? Of course, SpongeBob's going, yes, yes. Are you sure? He's like, yes, yes. All right. So the secret formula of the Krabby Patty is, and it goes to the credits. <laughs> of course. Like, I hate you and I love you. And I, that's one of the reasons I love this episode. It is a funny episode. Honestly, I ought to make you watch it. Okay. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Uh, probably have to make it. Because you've... I, I'm sure Brookshire Brothers' training videos oh, are just, gosh. As, just as corny. What the When I when I started back in the early 2000s... Um, oh, yeah. They, they were cheesy beyond belief. They got mm-hmm. a little bit better. 
ever since they hired better marketing people. Yeah. Uh, they're a lot better, but back then, oh my gosh, they were so cheesy. No, this is just like, we're making the cheesiest tra- instructional training video that you've ever seen. Oh, and yeah. And go over every stupid... Okay, at one point, you know how in those things they always say, here's an easy thing to remember in order to do your job. job. Mm-hmm. It's always an acronym, and it's always something stupid. I remember mm-hmm. when I worked at Walmart, and of course I remember this because it was drilled into my head, it was Bob and Lisa. Bob was bottom of basket, and mm. Lisa was look inside always. Oh, these. Uh-huh. I remember that, and I haven't worked at Walmart in five years. Yeah. Much less been a cashier for three years at, uh, on top of that. So in this one, it's... You should remember this easily... In order to know what the customer wants, you should remember this easily... Uh, this All you have to remember is poop. Like, poop? It's like, yes, it's a... This may look like a word, but it's actually a carefully coded message. It is, people order our patties. <laughs> our patties. So, of course, throughout the whole thing, it's like, it's like remember Squidward? Poop. <laughs> and, of course, it's a poop joke. But yeah. It's, it's, it's like, really? Okay, poop. <laughs> oh, no, fair part. Patrick. Mm-hmm. The starfish. Yeah. Like a starfish is, is incredibly stupid. Yeah. At one point during the video, he comes in while the narrator over the video is talking. Mm-hmm. And of course, somehow Patrick can hear the narrator. Okay. So, SpongeBob, your ceiling is talking to me! <laughs> okay, I, I will definitely have to make yes. some arrangement to watch this at some point because there again I have never you watched never watched Spongebob I never have <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I will I'll, always say the first three seasons yeah. are where it was good yeah it's after the third season it feels like they're starting to recycle material yeah in fact you'll you would love the one on Texas oh okay this is the one that as a child pissed me off Oh, okay. As an adult, I find it friggin' hilarious. So, there's a character named Sandy Cheeks. Okay. She is a squirrel at the bottom of the ocean in a this suit. But she's from Texas. Oh, okay. So one day she's feeling homesick. SpongeBob tries to help, but he accidentally badmouths the name of Texas in the process. And you know how bad a thing that is. Yes. And... The whole thing is frigging hilarious by the end of it. How he tries to get her back yeah. by uh, getting her a, tw- a, 12, a 12 gallon hat and a peas in a can pie. <laughs> it's like, you're just making it worse, like, dude. You're trying, I- but. Uh, you're failing horribly. Yes. Anyways. Also, the one where Sandy goes into hibernation is also funny. Oh, okay. Squirrel goes. Oh, yeah. Squirrels do go into hibernation. hibernation of course. <laughs> and they're tr- in there. They don't realize this. And so they're trying to wake her up. And they're finding out her her fur, for some reason, is coming off. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because she's from Texas and she's sleep talking, you're hearing what she's dreaming. She's like, I'm going to get you, uh, Pinhead Larry or whatever. And it's like, okay. And then they start acting out this thing. It's like, uh, I'm Bucker, uh, Dangerous Dan, uh, you're a pinhead. Oh, I don't want, who are you calling a pinhead? <laughs> I don't know. This is not making any sense what I'm saying. I'm going to force you to watch some Spongebob. Some good episodes okay. of Spongebob. Okay. I'll, I'll take you up on that. 
Uh, not the garbage episodes. Okay. The good episodes. Okay, good. Uh, well, there was one thing I kind of want to brought up with this idea because we both like to watch anime. Yes. Okay. How? Because obviously, be like we both have jobs, we both have lives. Mm-hmm. How in the world? Because be like you look on YouTube, you've had all these people. That's all they do is binge and watch anime all day and yeah. keep up with all the the new episodes and mm-hmm. everything and like watching classics and be like, like, be like I understand. Be like, there's be like, oh, I enjoy this, but watching everything. I don't know how people watch everything. Yeah, be like me. I, I have a bit of a discerning taste. Yeah, my discerning taste would be weird by most people's standards. Right, but it is a t- it is a discerning taste. Right. Generally, what I do is uh, a lot of times I don't even get to an episode until about four of them have even come out of the series. Right. Not because. I'm not following stuff. It's because I tend to wait until uh, some time has passed. Yeah. Because I want to hear what other people think about it. Right. And if I find one that has an interesting concept or, interesting, or I hear good things about right. it, I then go and try it. And I'll admit, a lot of times I'm just going through the Funimation.com, the Funimation Now streaming thing on my PlayStation mm-hmm. 4, and I go, oh, that looks like an interesting show, and it's dubbed. I'll give that a shot. Yeah. Stuff like that. Where I'll hear is like, oh, the series I loved the last season of is getting a new season. I'll go ahead and watch that. And of course, I haven't watched either One Punch Man or Mob Psycho 100, despite the fact loving the first seasons. But that's beside the point. Right. And a lot of times it's just, well, that's an interesting concept for a show. Yeah. I'll give that a shot. I love this cat. <laughs> hey, uh, my roommate is a cat is still a great show, despite the fact I've only watched four episodes. Huh. And sometimes it's just I'm streaming like I'm in a group on Facebook that's yeah. a Christian anime group. Yeah. And so I see memes. Seeing these memes go, "What is this anime from?" "Oh, it's this one. I love this show." It's like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." "Okay, this is stupid." Or, "Oh, I like this. This is fun." Mm-hmm. I kind of think. Yeah, I got that's you. That's how I do it. Yeah, definitely for me when I it's more like I'll hear, like, someone talk about something, and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, this is, like, you know, eight years old. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Because it's more, be like, it's more the interest in the medium than itself. Rather than be like, I've got to absorb everything. Because, uh, you know, throw around around the word of, like, otaku. Otaku is... I am only an otaku in the sense that I will watch anime more faster than I will probably watch a lot of Western television. Hmm. I'll admit that. Yeah. Because there's just doing stuff that's more interesting over there yeah. than a lot of what we get over here. No, that's true. That's true. That's, that's just me. Yeah, it's true in a lot of ways. Uh, I definitely would not consider myself an otaku. Yeah. Because my my style... I don't really call myself that either. But. Yeah, but just being you know, like, use the, the, use the label itself. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more... My interest in anime was I had the uh, Toonami... The Toonami block back in the 90s. Yeah. And which I think anybody who, you know, fell in love with anime, you know. Started there. Started there. And, like, yeah, I have my my little collection of anime that I enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. I can tell you that my interest in anime, like yours, started with Toonami. Yeah. Mine specifically with a little show you might have heard of, a little obscure, called Dragon Ball Z. Z. And, that's, and I, got, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I got into Dragon Ball Z, and of course, 
I thought, I thought, oh, this is anime. I'll try this other anime. What's yeah. this other one? Sailor Moon. Oh, this is a little girly, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Gee, it's I'm in seventh grade. I wonder why I like this show. <laughs> anyway, and then uh, things like uh, Tenchi Muyo. Yeah. Where should show up on there? Uh, when I got into high school and they started doing their Saturday night uh, Adult Swim, yeah, Adult Swim block. anime block, yeah. I, of course, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, like, oh, of course, I love this show. This is a great show. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh-huh. I got interested in that, and a couple of other little small shows I heard about. You can't forget the uh, greatness that is uh, Hamtaro. I'm being facetious here. It is a show about hamsters. Oh! obviously for little children that they played in Toonami. Oh, yeah. And the, and all of the advertisers made it sound like this was just gonna, this was this epic show on the likes of Dragon Ball oh, Z, yeah, Gundam Wing, yeah. and it's hamsters. <laughs> and I remember watching going, this is not the show you show, you sold me, and yet I'm still watching <laughs> Okay, and then of course time went on, and I would the internet started becoming more an active part of my life. Right, I found about these other shows. Yeah, it's like, oh, what is the show Excel Saga? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to watch that. It looks kind of silly. And then of course I can't find it when I do start looking for it. And then I get interested in other things like YouTube video clips. Oh, what is this? Azumanga Daya. What is that? Oh, this is kind of fun, even though this is not the kind of show I would normally watch. Right. And then I kind of drifted away. And then I saw a video one night of a bunch of... One of these... uh, It was essentially a medley of a bunch of anime songs with videos. I didn't know what any of this stuff was. was Right. All of this looks good. I should try some of these. And then that's how I got really back into anime. Mm Mm-hmm. With uh, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, uh, Lucky Star, and then it's like, oh, there's all these other shows that are coming up. I just got started watching all this stuff, trying to get caught up, regretting that I missed some of these shows, and now they're stuck in licensing heck. Remembering that Fooly Cooly was a thing. Oh gosh, Fooly Cooly. I don't. I didn't get Fooly Cooly when I watched it. Why should I care? And I was talking to a guy I worked with up at Walmart. I says. Oh yeah, I love Fooly Cooly. It's like, I didn't get it. It's like, you need to watch it again. Okay. So he let me borrow his DVDs. And it's like, okay, I get what this is. I probably will buy it when it comes out. And it did, Funimation did eventually do a re-release of it. Yeah. And I watched it. Okay, I know what's going on. I can't believe that's what this show is about. Because I didn't get that the first time I watched it. Right. It's like, anyway, enter that thing, a thing. And it's only six episodes, thankfully. And then I just... And around that time, I was I started getting stream streaming stuff started yeah. becoming easier. Yeah. So now, oh good, I don't have to buy the anime anymore mm-hmm. and spend twenty dollars on a show I don't know anything about. Right. I can now watch other stuff that I'm already paying streaming. So I, I got into anime. Good. I started some shows that way, and it's just it slowly grew organically into yeah. I'm just watching anime a lot now. Yeah. Well, for me, be like yeah. It's it's more going back into the nostalgia. But it's like, oh, those shows I watched when I was like a teenager. Yeah, it's like great, and then I'll eventually like, oh, I hear about this, and it's like, oh, okay, well, this wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Or and now that I'm uh, I'm a member with a Disney Movie Club, 
you have access to all these great Disney afternoon shows. Yeah. And I started buying them, and I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Now, the original DuckTales series is kind of like, okay, this is weird. I you, do you, remember the main thing I liked about the DuckTales show was the theme song. Yes. I don't remember anything about their actual show itself. Yeah. I, I, they I have more cool. memories of DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, than yes. I do of the show itself. Yes. Yeah, that was that was the whole reason I bought that. Uh, it was like, it was uh, three seasons, mm-hmm. and three to four seasons, and the movie. But and that was popular enough to spawn my actual favorite show, Darkwing Duck. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, I love Darkwing Duck. Yes. And, yeah, Darkwing Duck is probably one one of the fa- one of my favorites of the Disney, besides Gargoyles. And yeah. Chip, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I love mm-hmm. Chippendale. What did you think of Tailspin? I love Tailspin. Okay. I enjoy Tailspin. Because, I mean, like, it had interesting characters. It had, you know, character motivations and just fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun. Because I remember it just being a lot of fun and had Blue the Bear. Yeah. And Shere Khan. Mm-hmm. And the snake, whose name I can't think of. Yeah. He's in it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he's... Yeah. Anyways. Wait. That snake is a girl, isn't it? Technically. Yes. Okay. I said that wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Boop, yeah. Boop, boop. Okay. Dum, 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 dum. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I've been watching. And that's what you've been watching. So... Let's get into what we both watched this week. And our review of The Lion King. Roar. What are your thoughts on this movie? It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help it. Okay. (laughs) Yes, it is perfect and an amazing, incredible film. Mm -hmm. Now, to kind of give my history on Lion King. Yeah. Okay, I saw this theater when... I saw this in theater. I saw this in theaters when it first came out. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much when, spoiler alert, Mufasa died. If you, you got, enjoyed it when the main character's father died, how sick a person are you? Not no, no, kidding. no. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was that it was uh, the first time I ever like really got emotional, like mm-hmm. got some, te- you know, some little crocodile tears. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, because I completely forgot it, for, forgot that moment, you know that because. What I say normally, the first time I ever cried in a movie was Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh no, it was Lion King. Had to have been Lion King. Yeah, because it was that jarring. I'd be mean, like, the the opening and everything, it's just fantastic. And so, obviously, my, my dad enjoyed the movie so much he bought it himself. Mm-hmm. And so, a uh, couple of years ago, I was pseudo trying to date this girl. I got no work. And so we kind of got, we came really close to just hung out. And uh, her dad had recently passed away. And their favorite movie was The Lion King. And so mm-hmm. The Lion King was coming out on, coming out to theaters again in 3D. The weirdest 3D rendering of a movie I've ever seen. Yes, but the good thing we got out of that is that it was a full remaster of the movie. Yes. Which makes it now look friggin' awesome. Yes, I agree. I agree. So the second time I went and watched Lion King in theaters was the 3D version with a girl that I was hoping to, you know, be boyfriend, girlfriend. And knowing that it's like, oh, 
be like, I, she's t- she told me prior, it's like, okay, if I start bawling when Mufasa dies, mm-hmm. be like, just be like, I'm just going to hold your hand. It's like, I have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it sure happened. And she went, thunk. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, be like, I, I have a very interesting experience when it comes to Lion King. Right. And, uh, yeah, be like, I, I own it on blu-ray dvd digital copy um it's 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 a it's a national treasure were they being stolen by nicholas cage <laughs> uh maybe okay <laughs> maybe uh, uh but yeah it's 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 a fantastic film that there again is a is a, is a treasure definitely within disney definitely animation history okay what about yours I first saw this movie, it would have had to have been right after it came out. And either, I know I did not watch it in the theater originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know I saw it on home video probably sometime within my third, some, somewhere around between my third and fourth grade year. Okay. I know this because I know that in the talent show, my fourth grade year, I sang, I just can't wait to be king. Oh, fun. <laughs> I don't think I won. Oh, okay. But I even had a little puppet to sing Zazu's part. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. That is so funny. So, yeah, that was then. Uh, I know I watched it a little off and on mm-hmm. after that point. Yeah. But, of course, other movies came out, so it fell off for a bit. Uh, until, of course, the... Uh, remaster the 3d version was, mm-hmm. came out like yeah. much like you and i thought how on earth are you going to make a 3d movie out of a 2d film mm-hmm. i'm just curious enough to find out mm-hmm. so i went and watched it and thought okay i'm not sure that was necessary <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever reason yeah i kind of did not maybe it's just cuz i was laughing at how poor the 3d was yeah but <laughs> i didn't react to it as well that time as I know I did when I was a kid. Yeah. So it kind of just fell off mm-hmm. until uh, one night, one day, I was in electronics. We needed a movie to put put on the uh, store-use TVs that we were trying to get sold off. Mm-hmm. And we put in The Lion King. Because why not? It's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. And that played for a couple weeks. And I stopped by every time it cycled around while I was at work to be prepared because I, that is one of the most, that is one of the greatest villain songs, period. I don't I, I, I would, I would totally agree I'm not agree saying it's you. the best because I really don't want to claim what's the best because I'm sure people will bite my head off and say, no, it's this other thing. <laughs> but it's a great song. Yeah. Now, granted, when we finally get around to doing, you know, our top 10, you know, Disney villain songs, yeah. Villain songs, that'll be interesting. That will be interesting. I'm but sure we'll, I'm sure we'll have a lot of disagreements fed our way. Yes. However, or maybe not villain songs. We might just do top ten favorite Disney songs. Yeah, that's true. And then villain separate. Anyway. Yeah. And so that was kind of it until this last, until yesterday, when I, since I couldn't find a rental anywhere, I ended up buying the digital version of the signature edition on Amazon. Really? And I watched it that way. It was only like... And it was on sale. Really? It was like $5.99 for 1080p. 
Wow. It's the same price as the SD copy. It's like, well, I signed into that good. <laughs> so that's how I watched it this time. And I, maybe it's just because I was watching it with a critical eye this time. Yeah. I really got into how well this movie is. Mm-hmm. How well it's done. Oh, I, I agree. Animation is spot on. The story, which... Spot on. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> the animation is gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you consider this is one of the early uh, CG 2D movies. Yeah, it did. This, it, mm-hmm. this is it's not the first one to use the caps system. Yeah, that Pixar developed for uh, Disney. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that, yeah. But uh, it is one of the early ones, and you can tell by this point they have had some practice. Yeah, and it's done very well. Yeah, I, the stampede scene, as we said before. Yeah, is oh, yeah. amazing. Yes, it is. In how they handled that. Yeah, you know how long it took them to do that? Probably friggin' forever. Three years. That doesn't surprise me. It took them three years to do that scene. There's a lot of movement in that scene. There's uh-huh. no way that was done in a... Sh- There's no way that was not the hardest scene in the movie to do. Oh, yeah. yeah Every yeah. other scene you can see, okay, yeah, this is... I can see how this was done. That scene's like, I don't know how you did that. Uh-huh. The way you did... And obviously, there's some CG. Mm-hmm. Some 3D CG, I mean. Yeah. But it's very subtle, and it works mm-hmm. so well. Oh, yeah. And it's a good, that's what, five minutes long, that uh-huh. scene, if not longer? Yeah, it's five minutes. And it's non-stop. Oh, yeah. It's, Once it's, the wildebeest co- start coming down the... The gorge? The gorge, it's like, it's like, oh my word. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Literally. It, it, it slows down just enough to where Simba goes up this way and Fossa climbs up. Mm-hmm. And it slows down there. And yeah. then you get into that scene. Which, I, you know... Reflecting back and watching mm-hmm. it the first time, when you you get Simba's reaction to the wildebeest coming down, it's like, oh no, this is not yeah. good. Run! <laughs> and I just love that uh, he, this that simulated uh, depth of field change where yes. it's zooming in on Simba, but oh. the background is kind of zooming out in a weird way. I yeah. don't know how a good way to spend other than I know it's a depth of field change. Yeah, that can ha- happens when you. It was a it was a filmmaking cinematic filmmaking technique. Yeah, for a long time I think mm-hmm. it still is. But the way they simulated that in animation made me go, "Oh my word!" Yeah, y'all yeah. spent too much time on this scene. Oh yeah, there, there there's so many. There's I think there's like two or three actually three sixty shots. Yeah, or like almost complete three sixty shots. But the way they shot this movie. Mm-hmm. Be like, now, granted, it's an animated film. Yes. But, but it's it, it's shot like an actual movie. Yeah. Like an actual live-action film. There's actual uh, live-action cinematography in this movie. Yes. It's not just, this is the easiest way to draw these characters. It's like, here's the most dynamic way we could draw, we could put these characters oh, on yeah. screen. And just, just the thing about this for three seconds, that when it came to, because they were, they were tasked with, okay, you can either take... The Lion King, which is about a bunch of lions, or you can take Pocahontas. You know this this big adventure film that's oh, the biggest thing ever. I remember reading about that. How yes, there were two camps. Like you can either work on Pocahontas or you can work on the Lion King. Well, the older crowd thought, 
oh, Pocahontas is more of what we're used to. That's going to be the better Disney movie. That's going to be the better thing. It's, yeah. It's the easy take. We're going to go over here and make Pocahontas as good as it can be. And all the newbies oh, the made The Lion King. King. And The Lion King, I'm sorry to say, is the better movie. It is. In my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so thankful that Anastasia, be like not Anastasia, but uh, uh, Anastasia Bor- Bora? He's the, the animator who did Scar. I don't remember the I don't remember the animator's names. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, anyways, the animator who did Scar, be like he was more like it's like um ah, I like lions because he he was more of a fan of the older Disney's because yeah. he he wanted to draw animals mm-hmm. so it's like this was the perfect moment for him and he drew Scar yeah and oh my gosh the character design <laughs> oh yes and the. the be like they literally watched Jeremy Irons in the booth, like, hmm. Oh yeah, we'll just put his face on the lion. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, and the same thing with James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Yeah. So since we have slowly moved into the cast, let's yes. go over that right quick. Yes. Uh, I have first on my list. Zazu was played by Rowan Atkinson. Ah. Uh. Do you know who Rowan Atkinson is? I know of the name, but remind me again of who who he is. He is Mr. Bean. Oh yeah. And the, also if you're into your British humor, he's also black he also plays uh, the lead character in Black Adder. Okay, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's an interesting show. I do actually suggest that one. Okay. I'm sure our good buddy Chase can tell you everything in a lot better way than I can about that movie show. Okay. But uh that's mostly what I know him from. Also, a very funny Doctor Who skit. Oh, okay. Where he played the Doctor. Okay, that just sounds funny. Yeah, I'll have to get you that link. Okay. Uh, next, playing young Simba, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? Yes. Home Improvement. <laughs> and the character's name in Home Improvement? Go ahead and answer. I'm just... I'm drawing a blank. Randy Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's in, it. Which is the middle son in yeah. uh, Home Improvement. <laughs> Playing adult Simba yeah. was Matthew Broderick. Oh, Broderick. What do you know him from? Godzilla. What else? <laughs> Godzilla. Um, let me think for a second. What, is, what else do I remember Broderick from? A lot of 80s films. Um, Pick a couple. I know a couple. Oh, I only wrote one down, but I do know of a couple. Yeah, uh, Bueller, Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. off. Yeah, I played Ferris Bueller. Yeah, which I've never seen, so I need to we watch. Will have to correct that. remedy that. Um, he was also played uh, the main guy in War Games. Oh yeah, that's right. The young hacker in that uh-huh. movie. Uh, but the one I found interesting. Yeah, he played in the newer version of the producers. Yeah. He played opposite of uh, the guy who played Timon. uh, Yeah, Yeah, Nathan Lane. Yeah. He he played opposite of Nathan Lane in The Producers. Yeah. Which is a comedy about making the worst musical possible. Yeah. Springtime for Hitler. I didn't know that. (laughs) That, Well, it's the idea. It's a Mel Brooks film, which is hilarious since he's Jewish. Yeah. (laughs) And the story of that is. these two producers mm-hmm. have realized they can make more money off of a flop than off of a big play. Yeah. A, a successful musical. So they go about trying to make the worst possible musical they can make. Yeah. And it backfires on them. <laughs> it becomes a success. <laughs> it becomes very successful because 
They see it. It's called it's called Springtime for Hitler. It yeah. is a musical about Hitler in during World War II. <laughs> and it's taken as a farce. Yeah. Despite the fact that's not what the play was intended to be. Uh so kind of a interesting segue when we were talking about um Matthew Broderick and what's his name? Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane be like for the fact you would think most animated movies be like they're all recorded in the same booth. Mm-hmm. Well, this one they weren't. Yeah, because they recorded in two. They recorded separately, and so apparently the only time they met was in the hallway. They bumped into mm-hmm. each other. It's like, oh, you're playing Simba. Oh, you're playing Timon. Timon. And so th- that's where their friendship started, and that's yeah. where they got to you know, work together in producers. Producers. And I'm assuming some other stuff, but that was the one yes. that jumped out at me. Yes. Um, so since I already said Nathan, uh, Nathan Lane, Lane, yes, he also played uh, a Preed in Titan A.E. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I love that character. Yeah, there's a movie you don't hear talked about. Often, no, which we will have to do at some point. Yes, uh, since I have already gotten into that duo, uh, Ernie Sabella mm-hmm. played Pumbaa. And that's about all he's played. From yeah, what I could tell. I looked through the IMDb three times trying to find something that wasn't Pumbaa that I think most people would know. But mostly, besides Pumbaa, he played a lot of one-shot things that I couldn't tell were big roles. Right. So if I'm wrong there, my apologies. Let me know. I'll correct it next episode if you've let me know by then. <laughs> if not, you've you're, you've lost it. Um, playing adult Nala was Moira Kelly. And the only thing I found that most people know was uh, she was Mandy Hampton in The West Wing. Oh, okay. I couldn't find much else for her, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, uh, playing young Nala was uh, Nikita Kalame Harris, who has not done anything since. Oh, okay. From what I can tell, she was a child actress. And okay. Done some, and she's done some directing since then? Yeah. Kind of like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Kind of. Well, except Jonathan Taylor Thomas has made some cameo appearances on Tim Allen's new show, yeah, Last Man Standing. Uh, Last Man Standing. Yes, playing uh, his uh, Tim's daughter's boss. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, next, playing Ed the hyena <laughs> was uh, Jim Cummings <laughs> playing, as we've already talked about, Darkwing Duck. Yes, and a slew of everything else. <laughs> uh, he played Pete. Yeah, he's, he's the current voice of Pete in a lot of the post '90s uh, Disney shows. Yeah, and a couple other things. Yeah, I'm p- trying to be nice for a while. <laughs> I'm going to hit a big one at the end yes. to cover a lot of people. Yes. Um, <laughs> he also was Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. and Tigger. He's the current Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Yes. And uh, if you've watched either any of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, oh, or yeah. Star Wars Rebels, he mm-hmm. plays Hondo. Yeah, Hondo. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, playing Shinzi, one of the other hyenas. Oh, yes. Was, uh... Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. I mainly know her as playing Guinan in Star Trek The Next Generation. I know her But from... she's in every... She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. Be like, I remember her primarily from, uh, Sister Act and Sister, Sister Act 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a slew of stuff she's done throughout the years. She's even got a weird cameo in the 90s Little Rascals movie. Really? Yeah, at one point, um, oh, who's the the African kid's name? Um, anyway, at one point, one of the kids says, hey, your mom's here. And he goes, 
Oh, Whoopi! And it goes, shows over and it's Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg, of course. Uh, I think recently, the last time I saw Whoopi Goldberg in any kind of film was actually Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The, the, live, the first live action movie. Mm. She, she played April's boss. Well, technically, uh, she had two Star Trek ones since that time. So, I don't know what she's in a movie since there are two uh, Star Trek TNG appearance, movie appearances. So oh, okay. I'm sure most of what I saw on there is like, you can tell she's gotten comfortable in her role as a person on the, as the leader of The View. Yeah. And other shows of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's just what she likes now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, playing Bonsai, which was the last of the hyenas, uh-huh. was Cheech Marin. Yeah, Cheech Marin. <laughs> of Cheech and Chong right. fame. Yes. Well, oddly enough, be like, the, the only thing I really and know... And probably the only one of the two that actually has a brain left. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably. Ever since... Uh, uh, we never watched Cheech and Chong. Uh, I didn't Chong. either. And so the, the only thing I really know him from is actually Lion King... And Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. That's about the only thing I really know him from. Well, that's the thing. You do, if you go and look through his uh, IMDb. Yeah. He does a lot of other small roles. Yeah. It's just none of them sound like Cheech. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike Bonsai. Yes, Bonsai is definitely, definitely (laughs) Cheech Mm -hmm. Marin. So, um, after that, playing Scar was Jeremy Irons. Yes. Oh my Mostly. God. Mostly, yes. There is one moment in yes. I am in uh, Be Prepared yes. where apparently Jeremy Irons' voice went out and, what? and it switched to Jim Cummings. Cummings. Yes! <laughs> and, and which... And you can't... The only reason I know where it is is because if someone pointed it out to me, Yeah, I can't really tell by listening. I just know it's after he does the you won't get a sniff without me that it switches. Yeah, his voice Jim broke. Cummings, because his voice broke when he did that part. <laughs> and so they got, obviously, uh, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings to do it. Yes. But uh, besides playing Scar, the main thing I know Jeremy Irons from doing, and I just lost, uh, he's Alfred in the in the uh, last couple of DC movies. Yes, that is true. Or at least in uh, Batman vs. Superman and in uh, Justice, Justice League. League. The One of the movies that I finally remember Jeremy Irons in is Die Hard 3. <laughs> I have not seen Die Hard 3. You haven't seen Die Hard 3? I've seen Die Hard, because who hasn't? Yeah. And I watched most of Die Hard 2. I just never got to Die Hard 3. Oh, uh, okay. I've got it on Blu-ray. I'll let you borrow Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. No, definitely when you, you grow up, when you grow up as a little, a very young child watching *Lethal Weapon* and *Die Hard*. Mm-hmm. Okay. Playing Rafiki, and I'm going to apologize before I say this man's name because I'm fairly certain I'm going to mess it up. Was a Robert Guilayume. I am saying that wrong, and I'm sorry. But uh, the I the only thing I found him in that I re- thought anyone would recognize, and I could be wrong here. Keep in mind. Yeah. Was he played Mr. Thicknose in The Land Before Time 8, The Big Freeze. Oh, okay. I've only seen Land, The Land Before Time, oh, the first one. That was it. Well, at least that was a, a, a movie name I could go, okay, I know what that is. Yeah. Most everything else is like, I'm not sure what this is. And, oh, he's playing Rafiki again. It's kind of that thing over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Well, I remember him as an actor, like, I can't remember what... 
in several shows as a kid, I just can't place them. He's he's one of those character character actors who just blends in the background. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's in everything. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who are in everything, right. James Earl Jones played Mufasa. Mm-hmm. He is also well known as playing Darth, Darth Vader. Vader in everything. But for a non-Darth Vader role, yeah. he played Admiral Greer in The Hunt for Red October. That's right. And do you know what movie was his, uh, the very first movie he was ever in? Conan is the Barbarian. It? No. That what? is not James Earl Jones' first movie. What's that? Doctor Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. He plays the uh, communications person on the plane. Really? That gets the uh, the go code to send the start the atomic bomb run. Oh yeah, I, I saw a clip about that. that I was like, the, that's James Earl Jones. That is the very first movie he was ever in. Wow! And if you've never watched that movie, you should. Yeah, I need to. Playing Sarabi, which mm-hmm. was Simba's mother. Yes, was a uh, Madge Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did not have much. The two that struck out for me, and this will be no surprise to anybody. In Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, she played the captain of the USS Saratoga. Okay. And in Star Trek The Next Generation, she played Captain Sylvia LaForge. Oh, okay. I recognized when I was a child, because I grew up watching Star Trek, that it was the same actress. And in my mind, I connected the two people as the same character. Okay. <laughs> because in the episode where she showed, where Cap, or, cause she plays Jordy LaForge's mother. Yes. In that episode, she's disappe- been gone for years. She disappeared in a weird anomaly. Yeah. In my mind, and of course she's wearing the same type of uniform as the Star- as the character in Star Trek Four was wearing, in my mind, I connected the two characters. I thought, oh, she disappeared a hundred years ago. Okay, that can't work now that I think about it. But in my mind as a child, that's how I connected it. I gotcha. So I thought that was interesting. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize it was the same person. Uh, playing uh, Serafina, which was Nala's mother. Okay. She has one line. I, I didn't realize I actually get to hear her name. Yeah. It's not said. I only know this from the IMDb. Oh, and I okay. had to actually look up, who is Serafina? <laughs> <laughs> but that was played by uh, Zoe Leader. Zoe? I never heard of her. Good reason for that. She had four roles. Total. Okay. And besides Lion King, the only thing that has that was a name I thought people might recognize yeah. was she was in the Rugrats movie playing additional voices. That is sad. <laughs> okay. That was the only thing of any substance that I could see in hers, unfortunately, that she had done since this point. Okay. And last but not least, playing the voice of every lion roar in the movie was Frank Welker. Welker. The and man of many voices. And to kind of go over some stuff, because I'm trying every time with Frank Welker, at least, mm-hmm. throwing stuff in there we've not brought up before. Okay. So, in the upcoming Scoob movie... It's Scoob? It's Scoob. Okay. He plays Scooby-Doo. Rah-rah. Makes sense. Right. When you're it. But in the currently running Scooby-Doo and Guess Who television series, uh-huh. he's playing Fred Jones. I don't know who's playing Scooby, but I thought, that's an odd jump. Yeah, just a bit. Well, it is Frank Walker. He can mm-hmm. do anything. Uh, he is currently playing Odin in the Disney Channel Guardians of the Galaxy and other Marvel stuff. Oh, okay. stuff. He played a character named uh, Chelladay, I'm probably saying that wrong, in uh, Star Wars Resistance. 
And last but not least, since this is a movie about cats, I thought I'd bring up a cat role. Okay. He is Garfield in The Garfield Show. The 3D Garfield uh, television show that's on Cartoon Network. Oh, I didn't realize that it came out with another one. It's not good. Okay. (laughs) But that's not Frank Welker's fault. Yeah, he's just the voice. He's just the voice. But I thought, thought, yeah, that's a good connection there. Yeah. Uh, Hans Zimmer did the score. Of course. The lyrics for the songs were made by Tim Rice. Uh Uh-huh. And the music was written by Elton John. John. Or Sir Elton John. Yes, Sir Elton John. The screenplay was written by Irene Mechie, Jonathan Roberts, and Linda Wolverton. Mm -hmm. And it was directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. Oh, okay. Cool. That's the cast and crew. Or main crew. Yeah. Yeah, the music in this movie is incredible. Yes. And the fact that... All five of the main songs, and that Mm -hmm. is the thing, there's only five songs that they they wrote. Yes. You've got Circle of Life, Mm -hmm. I Just Can't Wait to Be Be King, King. Be Prepared, Hakuna Matata... And Can You Feel the Love, love Tonight. tonight. Mm-hmm. Those are the only five songs in this musical. Yes. <laughs> Everything else was scored by Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they hired him was, at the time, he was a no-name composer, if you can believe that. Yeah. But he had written t- the score for two different Africa-related projects. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the names. I apologize. And they said, well, he did a good job there. Let's get him to do this African Lion movie. And I think he did a wonderful job. I still say this is one of his best scores. Oh, I would agree. And definitely with the help of... Uh, I kind of wish he stayed with this type of score in his more modern stuff. But that's just me. Yeah. And also, you can't, you can't forget the uh, the uh, the guy who stepped in. And I feel like... Oh, I can't remember his name. Apparently, Hans Zimmer had brought in a friend who was actually from Africa. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. So, forgive me if I don't bring up his name. Uh, and so apparently he was a he was at the first when when he brought him in he was actually just he was a uh, a uh, a chauffeur he was a chauffeur be like he would just park cars mm-hmm. and so Hans Zimmer brought him in because he knew he was a really good musician and so they brought him in and it's like okay I think we need a little more effort like legit uh, like uh, authentic African feel and so he brought in all the. Uh, what you hear in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. The chanting? Yeah, the chanting. All Which the chanting in the... The, 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 the uh, language that yes. they're using there is Zulu. Mm-hmm. And translates, and can, yeah. for anyone who's ever curious, yes. translates to, here comes a lion, oh yes, it's a lion. Mm-hmm. Here comes a lion, oh yes, it's a lion. <laughs> yes, he is, is coming. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. And, and obvious- it's strange, even more hilarious when... Uh, Sorry, did I say that was in Swahili? Because it's not, it's in Zulu. You said Zulu. Oh, I didn't say Zulu? Okay. Yeah, you because said Zulu. Simba's name in Swahili is Lion. Lion. Yes. <laughs> and oddly enough, oddly enough, because um, when they were when this movie was taking place, there was a apartheid in Africa. This was 1993, 93-92. Mm-hmm. So, what if, for you history buffs, or those people who don't understand history as much, this was the first time in the '90s where African na- native Native Africans were able to vote, and mm-hmm. they voted in their first leader, who is escaped me at the second. But this was a really a big deal, 
And I really got to learn it from Die Hard, not Die Hard, but Lethal Weapon 2. I learned it from Lethal Weapon 2 what, you know, what a pirate tie was and be like, because it had a very intricate link with the story. And it's really fascinating because be like, uh, hold on, what's his name? Uh, Mandela. Nelson Mandela? Yeah, Nelson Mandela, who had been in prison for years and he got released and that's when he became the first president of Africa. No, people, he didn't die. If you remember that, you probably think it's called the Berenstein Bears and a couple other things that prove you're from another universe. This is an actual thought because there are people out there who remember that the Berenstein Bears Yeah. as spelled S-T-E-I-N. Yeah. But if you look at it, it's Berenstain. Berenstain. And there's also people who honestly remember on the news Nelson Mandela dying in prison. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. So the theory is, if you're one of those people who remember it the other way, you're from another universe. And you somehow made it into this one. (laughs) You switched places with your version in this universe. And they're just as confused in that universe about it being the other way around. Okay. This is called the Mandela Effect. And it is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Okay. But I do find it funny how there are these things that... A large group of people remember it being one way when yeah. it's not that way. Okay. So, this kind of ties me, kind of a segue into a different movie, actually movie that's coming out, or that's in production right now. The Little Mermaid live action movie. I prefer not to voice my thoughts on this. Okay. Well, be like... I mean, I will, but it will make me... I, I, I kind of just don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, well, be like, I wanted to bring it up because it, it kind of ties in what we were talking about there for a second. Well, the fact that you have so many people who are so against is the idea of uh, Haley Bailey, who's the actress who can play... Yes. Not Halle Berry, like every like I thought it was yeah. when I first read the name. Yeah, it's Haley Bailey. Which is a very interesting name, because I first saw it, and I was like, okay, it's interesting. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it'd be like, I, that doesn't affect me as long as she has red hair and a green fin, and she can act and sing, I don't care. But people, be like, it's... Ch- it's a movie! <laughs> I'm more curious to see how this is going to look closer to release. To see yeah. how well it works. Right. I'm not going to say I wasn't brought up short seeing that a black person, black lady was playing Ariel. Yeah. Because traditionally, yeah. Ariel is Caucasian. Yeah. I mean, the story was written by Hans Christian Andersen in, was it, uh, Dutch, not yeah. Dutch. Um, Dane. What is the name of that place where the Danish Dutch people are from? <laughs> <laughs> the Danish Dutch. Yeah, the yeah one of one of the, one of those. Is that Poland? No, that's not Poland. Oh, that's that's, they're Pol- Polish. Yeah, Polish. <laughs> uh, either way, either way, either way, either way. I look at that and thought, okay, that's an odd choice. Mm-hmm. I will wait to see how this goes. This may be one I don't just jump out to go see. Right. But at the same time, it's like, if she does a good job, if it makes sense in the way the story is written. I mean, admittedly, if she's the one black daughter of King Triton and everybody else is white, (laughs) that's going to be odd. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think it's going to be that way. Yeah. Um... 
it's just going to be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Now, I will say, the person they picked for Ursula is the perfect yeah. choice. Yes, I agree. I might actually like a movie she's in for a change. <laughs> yes, I agree. Well, there again, with bringing it up, bringing the idea of the, uh, the new Little Mermaid movie, it was more that how people will, you know, get all defensive about, be like, well, she needs to be white, because originally she was white. It's, be like, if the actress can, can pull the role off, and does it very effectively. I don't care what skin and, color and, they and are. Don't to me. My problem is: Am I going to be distracted within the context of the movie that she's a different, that she's black? Yeah, I don't want to be. Yeah, I know that sounds horrible, and I don't mean it to be. Yeah, but if it's not that she's black that yeah. throws me off, it's right. how are they going to work the fact that this much of a character change in terms of how the character looks? How is that going to affect everything else? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. I don't want to, I really don't want to talk about how, what my thoughts on it until I see how the rest of it goes. Yeah, Because exactly. anything I could say right now could easily be my foot going right up my mouth. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, we don't need to do that. Yeah, I understand. So yeah. that's mostly why for the most part I've not talked about it. I understand. I understand. But anyway. Yeah. That's back just, to the Lion King. Yeah, back, you know, back to these, you know, these I'm so lines. curious how Apartheid worked into the Lion King Except for the fact that they both were in Africa in 1993. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> well, uh, apparently, apparently, when they were the the lyrics to you know the uh, the circle of life, mm-hmm. that's actually referring to the apartheid. A king is coming. Yes, a, a lion is coming. He's talking about it's talking uh, about Simba. Yeah. But also, that's, that's talking about. Yeah, but also it's referring to, um, what's his name again? Uh, Nelson Mandela? Yeah, uh, Nelson Mandela. It's actually talking about him. That seems like a stretch, but I'll let it go. Yeah. Either way. Either way. That's, that's, that's what I heard. And cause, cause what was it? Uh, you hear a lot of weird things is all I'm saying. Yes, I do. And it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Or it's, the uh, the lyrics in which we have been told are completely a sham, and it means something completely different. I don't know. To some degree, I think it means you just pay Disney lots of money. <laughs> you just pay Disney lots of money. From the day you arrived on the planet, you've been giving a mouse your dough. <laughs> To a mouse trail beyond belief. <laughs> yes, we did rabbit trails last week with uh, Looney Tunes short that took up one minute of that movie, and now we've gone this. We've gone to the apartheid in the circle of life. <laughs> Tune in next week when we bring up the uh, Hiroshima bombings in the middle of Big Hero Six. <laughs> Stay tuned for the action, folks. And that sounds like a bad joke, but. Believe it or not! <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. So, let's get into the movie, shall we? Yes, let's get into the movie. Um, can I just say that Mufasa and Scar remind me of Thor and Loki from the MCU? Okay, yeah. I, I can see that. Especially in that opening scene where uh, Mufasa's there yelling at, uh, talking to Scar about why he was not at mm-hmm. his son's uh, ceremony that yeah. morning. It just kind of had that feel to it. Yeah, it's a little bit. 
Oh, be like, hold on, what was the line? Be like, um... That wasn't one of the ones that I read. No, 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 no. It, was, it was one of the lines that uh, Scar shows off, because it's... Hold on, let me be back up. Like, I would not dare fight you, brother, because when it comes to strength and superior, you obviously got the lion's lion share. But it comes to brute strength. In terms of brute strength, I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. <laughs> I shall... I shall... <clears throat> I shall work on my fence. I'll, I'll, I'll work on my curtsy then. I shall work on my curtsy. Yes, work on my curtsy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just there's there's that. No, sorry. I shall have to practice my curtsy then. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> just the the tension between these two characters. Mm-hmm. The tension beyond belief. And oddly enough, oddly enough, when it comes to uh, Scar and Mufasa. Because apparently, originally in the early stages of production, um, Scar wasn't related to Fossa. He was actually a rogue lion. And so I can see that his character design makes me think he is not of that family. Yeah, that, that's. But at the same time, when you know, if you've done any study on look into anything about how lion pride is actually set up, yeah. Technically, Mufasa should have killed Scar a long time ago. Yeah. And yet he didn't for some reason. And that's what actually is causing the problem here. Yeah. Because generally, a pride of lions is one male lion and a ton of female lions. Yes. Lionesses. Lionesses. Yes. Yeah, so... Which means... Yes. Simba and Nala are related. (laughs) If you didn't know that, folks... Yeah, yeah, cousins. Yeah, sorry if we half, blew half brother, half sister. Technically, yeah. yeah, sorry if we blew your you know your childhood out of the water with that. <laughs> but anyways, ooh, and here's a question: What's that? Is Nala a Disney princess? Oh, gee, in the knees, mon. That that is tough. That is really really I mean, tough. Technically, she, she te- is both a the daughter of the king mm-hmm. and. She's the wife of the prince. Yes, <laughs> uh, the future king. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's gonna be interesting when we come up with that top ten princesses or discussion on princesses. Yes, we have to do that at some point. Oh, that's that. That one is a heavy debate. Be like, oh, ever since she's not a human, and. <laughs> Tiana's not either a human anymore. Yeah, she's a frog. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Okay. Uh, but apparently when they you know, are getting closer and closer to production, they were like, oh, we need to change this up. So that's why Scar and Mufasa look so radically different. Because mm-hmm. originally they weren't designed to be brothers. That appears to be fixed in the upcoming live action movie. Yeah. What do you or, just sorry. think? Live action, action movie. Big air quotes here. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, kind of a tie-in. Would that be like, I think we're going to do a review over that. Maybe. Mm. I think maybe a reaction discussion. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. Maybe after we go watch it. Yeah. As a random episode that'll go up and no one will know what we're talking about. Yeah, probably. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. How, how can we not forget the opening, the opening of this film? Is the, I think one of the biggest openings you that one of the biggest openings I've ever seen in an animated film. Yeah, 
But the fact it that... It is also very beautiful. Oh, yeah. My question is... In the beginning, you know, throughout the opening, you see different animals. Mm-hmm. Near the end, when Rafiki holds Simba up, mm-hmm. uh, before they start bowing, mm-hmm. the animals are all making noises and stuff. And of course, yeah. you hear the elephants. You hear all stuff. The zebras make a noise I don't really think a zebra makes. Did you catch that yeah, weird was, sound effect they use there? It, it was weird because be like I've I've heard zebras bay before. It was a little bit odd. Yeah. This but sounded it, like someone was beating a bunch of shells on the other side of a wall of water or something. I don't know what that sound was. Yeah. Something like that. But, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It's it's a great scene. and Yeah, it's just that one little sound effect that makes you go, okay. uh, what is that? Yeah. Because that's um, obvious. That's neither the, the zebra's braying or their hooves hitting the ground. Yeah, it's just, it's a very odd sound. Yes. Uh, but besides that point, that opening scene is full of some of the most breathtaking animation. Oh, absolutely. Period. Yes, absolutely. And there's no dialogue, there's no dialogue from any characters. Yeah. Except for our, our uh, random our, songstress. Yeah. Random songstress singing Circle of Life. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so good. And be like, and then you go back, you go into, uh, the, the tension between Scar and Mufasa mm-hmm. and just this, it's just snapping. There's, there's no real slowdown. There's this ever progression of storytelling mm-hmm. and there's no be like, Oh, we're going to slow down and tell this very odd, peculiar story in the background. No, no it's one linear story. Just yeah, beat by beat by beat by beat, and, and it's very tight. Despite yeah. how much time takes place from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, kind of an odd note when it comes to the director because when it first when they first pitched it, it was going to be more like a like an animal documentary mm-hmm. with how one of the one of the directors described it as fur and blood or, or uh, claws and blood. Be able to be a completely different story, and apparently. One of the directors who was first signed on be like just kept having conflicts with this, and so they let him go. And now we have I can't remember. Uh, we have one of the directors who was now who directed it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name because basically I don't have it in front of me. But uh, yeah, it's it's Hang a on. good. Either Roger Allers or Rob Minkoff. Uh, Minkoff, a book. No, the other one. Roger Allers. Yeah, Roger Allers. Roger Allers was, uh, you know, tasked to be the the uh, the the new guy, mm-hmm. and so they basically had to restart the entire film from scratch. Oh yeah. One of the things I looked up, looked at when I was looking through the IMDb list. Yeah. While those three uh, names, three people were the only people listed in the, as the screenplay. Yeah. The people credit for owning the story, writing the story yeah. that that screenplay is based off of, was a list about fifteen to twenty names long. Right. It's like, oh my word! How there's no possible way this many people worked on this story. There had to have been a lot of c- content. Yeah. Well, also it's a unless very- they're saying, oh yeah, this person wrote these this character 
and this person wrote this character, and this is how we con- connected him with this. Yeah. And it's just weird how they wrote that. It is. It's like, that many people who wrote the story? Yeah. That's a lot of people for an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of a uh, little little meme I saw once where it was like, okay, you have Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. It was written by two people. It was produced by one. Yeah. And then you have Bills, Bills, Bills by Beyonce Knowles. Odd enough, who's in the new live action line. Yeah. There were, if I remember correctly, it's over 21 people who wrote it. Mm-hmm. It took about 30 people to produce it. Yeah. Just saying your quality of, you know. Quality and does not equal amount of people working on it. Yeah. But, but as an example. Time, it's just weird that there's that many people who wrote the story. Yeah. But only three, it only took three people to write the screenplay. Yeah. Weird, right? This is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, we have this very tight-knit story that really doesn't jump around because, like, some of your, like, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast will, some, it'll, it tanges off to Belle's father. Yeah. This movie doesn't do that. Be like, no, it, once it, you are, fo- it follows Simba. Yeah, it follows begin, Simba. The only time you see a jump to somebody else is after Simba does his little fall into the grass mm-hmm. and that stuff pops up into the wind mm-hmm. that at one time caused controversy that was completely false. Yes. that You follow that stuff to Rafiki, who knows, yeah. oh, Simba's alive. Uh-huh. And he goes back and, and then he goes to get Simba. Exactly. It's still about Simba. Yeah, it's, it's all... It's explained why Rafiki showed back up. Yeah, exactly. It's the only time you see a cut back to different characters unless it's connected to Simba. Yeah. Or they'll be like, I or think they'll... To the, the plot in general. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll, they'll cut in where it'll go back to Pride, Lock, Pride Rock where be like, Pride Rock is basically... a de- It's been, you know... Dis- Desolated. Desolated. Thank you. It's been desolated by the hyenas, and nothing is living anymore. And so you well, get the 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 tension of that. The balance has been thrown yeah. off. Yes, which is what Mufasa was talking, trying to t- tell Simba in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Thanos would be so proud. Oh yeah, <laughs> he would. Um, um, I also I, I watched a, uh, a YouTube. I watch, uh, what's a YouTube over this? Uh, if you've ever watched uh, movie theory, uh, film theory or game theory by Matt Pat, mm-hmm. he did a literal breakdown of be like what it would take for that kind of ecological disaster to happen. It, it is phenomenal because like how like how much does it one spotted hyena eat? A lot, apparently, and there's fifty of them there. Yeah, fifty, and uh, kind of an odd segue with that. Apparently, spotted hyenas, which are the hyenas in our movie, they're not exactly as the movie portrays them. Because apparently, spotted hyenas are basically on the same level of intelligence and ferocity as a lion. So that makes you, sense. So you, well, I think they have their own land. Yeah. That's in that shadowy place mm-hmm. where Simba was not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And yet he went. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, Uncle Scar. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm it, not saying they were stupid. I'm just saying they are mangy, stupid poachers. <laughs> They're just hungry. Yeah, the hunger just 
their kingdom was not run as well. Yeah. I'm not saying all hyenas are stupid. I'm just saying yeah. these hyenas are stupid. Yeah, well, I agree. And oddly enough... <laughs> and it's Scar's fault. Yeah, well, I agree. And oddly enough, this movie was actually banned by the... Uh, what do you call them? It's not, it's not uh, WWF. But it's, oh, uh, the World Wildlife Fund? No, it wasn't them. It was some other uh, wildlife preservation. PETA? Yeah, PETA. PETA actually banned them. It actually was a well, protest. Well, no one cares what PETA thinks anyway. Yeah, that's true. These are the people Pro- who... Protection uh, of tasty animals. <laughs> all I'm tell- saying is that when you bite into a salad, that flavor is biochemicals crying of that plant, crying out <laughs> for help. <laughs> You are no better than the meat eaters, vegans. <laughs> uh, Vegetables have feelings too. too. So uh, apparently, I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> so appa- apparently, Peta protested because apparently, because that's what Peta does. Yeah, they were they were like, it's like, oh, you're 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 uh, your character, you're mischaracterizing uh, hyenas. So we're gonna protest this movie. <laughs> yeah. Odd little trivia. I'm not surprised Pete is stupid. <laughs> I don't know why you would be. Or anybody for that matter. But anyways. Anywho. Anyways, yeah, the, the hyenas in this movie are very, very unique and actually be like... Well, go ahead. They are unique because they are Nazis. Yes, they are. Especially in one scene yes. during Be Prepared. Yes. If you don't know what I'm talking about... I'm sure you can YouTube this. Yeah. Look up a comparison between uh, the Nazis marching past Hitler yeah. in historic, actual historical footage yeah. and the scene where the hyenas are marching past Scar. Yeah. And they are one to one. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the point where when it sh- the scene shifts to show mm-hmm. the mass of uh, hyenas marching past. Yeah, you can see uh, they they painted lines on the ground that the hyenas walk past, mm-hmm. which match up with the lines on the concrete. Yeah, in the in the uh, in that procession. In, in that procession. Yeah, an actual odd fact because I'm a huge World War II buff. I love history, and I, I'm I'm very odd when it comes to history because I love understanding why the Nazis rose to power, why they fail. Mm-hmm. The movie in which they're referred to is actually called The Triumph of the Will. Mm-hmm. And it was, oddly but enough... It's, it's actual footage. It's, yeah. It's, of their actual thing. Yeah, it's, it's actual footage from an actual rally. Yeah. The, like, the big rally in Berlin. And it's it's so interesting because they've actually interviewed the woman who did it. And he's like, yeah, there's a great masterpiece. I love it. And to this day, she's still, he's like, my best work ever. Mm. Yeah. Odd tangent. Again. Weird. <laughs> We brought in Nazism and apartheid into yeah. this kids movie about lions no and tigers, Hamlet. No tigers or bears. But yeah, the, keep hold on. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll eventually do a both Aladdin and then maybe Brother Bear, <laughs> a movie I've never watched. Me either. So, um, back to the lions. Yeah. Roar. Um. Of course, we've already talked to death about the uh, the gorge. Yeah, the gorge scene. The gorge scene. Oh, long live the king. Yes. Oh, that's from Hamlet. As anybody would know, it's from Hamlet. 
Well, that makes line. sense. Yeah. This, this movie is inspired by William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a political story. Yeah. It's a story of kings. Yeah. And not based after... Okay, I'm going to get into that. Go for it. There is a running theory that Simba the Lion King is a ripoff, plagiarism, mind you, Yes, of a 1970s, I don't think I'm correct in that year, anime called Kimba the White Lion. Yes. Which was a, a anime series following a white lion named Kimba, mm-hmm. who would grow up to be the king. Yes. That's about all it has in common yeah, apparently. with uh, The Lion King. I've only watched bits and pieces of it, but let's face it, there are no poachers in the lot, human poachers in The Lion King. Right. And they appear to be the main villains of Kimba the White Lion. Really? From what huh. I saw. Okay. Um, honestly, I think people see the word Kimba, see the word Simba, know both are about lions. And say, it's plagiarism. Yeah. They Sorry. didn't even change the character's name enough. No, Simba means lion in Swahili, you numb person. <laughs> you but numb anyway, coconut. Which I have a lovely bunch of. Big ones, small ones, some as big as your head. Look up the rest of that song, you'll realize, oh my word, they put that in a Disney movie? Yeah. We get two people. We it's get, a small world after all. Don't sing that song. I don't remember so, how that goes. No, no anything but that. <laughs> Which, nobody, if anybody doesn't know, that's actually deserves. Yes. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Zazu, quit being so down in the dumps. <laughs> Play something with a little more bumps in it. It's a small world after all. Anything but that. <laughs> I've got a, a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are standing in the room. Dum, 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 dum. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, <laughs> my. Anyway. So, let's jump to Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, yeah. With the greatest fart joke <laughs> in cinema history. Yes. And I say that because it's two minutes long. <laughs> Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> he found his aroma lacked a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. And it hurts when my friends never stood downwind. And all the shame really was a shame for changing my name. Oh, what's in a name? And I got downhearted. How did you feel every time that I put Not for the kids. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's the fact that that's a, what is it, a fourth brick wall? Yeah, it's a, it, break, uh, it, it breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, it definitely fourth breaks the wall fourth break. wall. It's the only like... fourth wall break in the movie. Yes, it is. 
Oh, and I thought we were going to get into singing this this episode. That's a good one to jump in. Yes, that it is. It wasn't the one you were afraid I was going to do. We'll yes. save that for the live action show. <laughs> yes, so we I... will. <laughs> if they butchered that one, you'd be like, what with this movie? <laughs> they butchered my movement. They butchered, butchered my the favorite song, song and... that ever existed. <laughs> okay. So. <sighs> anyway. Ah, so let's get back to our story. Back to the story. Timon and Pumbaa are two of the funnest guys you could oh. ever run into. Yeah, that's true. They even got their own television show and their own movie out of this. Yeah, that's true. It, it does have quite a few spinoffs. Yes. The TV show is, of course, called Timon and Pumbaa. Pumbaa. Hmm? The movie, The Lion King One and a Half, mm-hmm. which is literally how Timon and Pumbaa were actually in every scene of the movie, but you missed them. Yeah. It does skip over the entire part where they're actually in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my gosh! This this oh yeah. Tomato Pumba are best the 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 best comedy relief and the best buddies you probably yes. ever have, and the most fart jokes in the planet. <laughs> Which is great when you consider the only reason they made friends with Simba in the beginning mm-hmm. was because it'd be great to have a lion on our side. Yeah, and then by the end, it's like they're. Right there along with Simba and Nala as they're yeah. raising their kid up to the heavens. Yeah. So. And uh, and oddly enough. They the, obviously uh, became good friends no matter how it started. Apparently. Apparently. And the fact that Pumbaa's the intelligent one of the bunch. Yes. He, he comes up with everything. Be like, he gives a suggestion here. They thought they were all big balls of gas. Pretty uh, billions of miles away. away. Pumbaa, everything with you is gas. Gas. <laughs> He's like, not wrong. Oh, he's more right than even Simba is. <laughs> yeah, just just a bit. <laughs> Though the Firefly is one I could maybe un- understand. Firefly is stuck in that big blue oh, yeah. mess up there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, Which is great when you consider, even when you're out in an area of the night when there's no light pollution whatsoever, the sky is not blue. At yeah, that time. It's, it's not that it's, blue. It is black. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. That's beside the point. Yeah. I will, I will bring up one point. We'll bring okay. up one point. It's kind of a it's kind of a homage to, you know, back when I was a teenager. Um like where I lived as a kid was out of the lake here where we live now. Mm-hmm. Because um, you go in the night sky and there's just stars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And so I went on I went on my first date. First date when I was like 18, 18, 17 years old. And so we go out, go out to her place, go watch a movie. That is a very interesting story to tell for another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we stand up and just looking at the stars. And it's the exact same thing we mm-hmm. thought I look up and it's just beautiful. And it's like, okay, why am I not kissing her? <laughs> but anyways, yes. just, that just kind of reminded me of that. Okay. <laughs> anyways. Um, so, yeah, it was... So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then Adult Nala shows up. Yeah, oh, that's funny. (laughs) Ruins Paradise. Yeah. And then we get what my least favorite song in the movie. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? (laughs) Which I want to hear the original version of that song. Oh, yeah. The one that is sung by Timon and Pumbaa. Pumbaa, yes. All the way through. I'm not surprised there's a recording of it somewhere. Oh, they, that's how it was originally planned. They yeah. storyboarded 
that way. That it got yeah. it got to rough sketches. Yeah, and I actually would not be surprised if uh, most of the finished scenes mm-hmm. are from that version, and it's just played with you know with different with a different uh, thought going into it, someone else singing it. If it doesn't mm. just come off not as funny, yeah. there are some scenes like that. Him pushing her into the water is not really fitting with the music. And yeah, yet it kind of is. is. Yeah, it's true. And then the bedroom eyes. Yeah, oh my gosh. That Nala gives. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd be like, granted, as a kid, or as like a young teenager, when I saw this, it was like, I don't get that. Yeah. But now as an adult, it's like, like, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. We got some... We got some... Dude. <laughs> That, that, that kind of makes a good segue to that. Apparently, when they did a special screening for, you know, this version of Lion King with Timon and Pumbaa singing the entire song of Cage for the Love Night, Elton John, John was pissed. He lost his mind. Because they had ruined his song. They ruined the, they had ruined the song. He literally got on the phone with Katzberg screaming at him. Yeah. That you have ruined this song. You've ruined this movie. And I have a feeling that's why Elton John recorded his own version that plays over the end credits. That could be it. And plus, I think Elton John just wanted a song, a, line, a Disney song, which I don't think. But if you had to pick one, I guess that one works. Yeah. Circle of Life's right. But I have, I have a feeling that one was picked because y'all didn't do the song right even when you fixed it. This is how it's supposed to sound. <laughs> that, that could be it, but there again, it's speculation. Speculation, yes. But, anyways, yeah. Oh, this... What would it be if I didn't speculate about the music? What yeah. episode would this be? Yeah. Yeah, where would it, where, where would it be? In a live act, uh, a Marvel podcast? At this point, as much as we've talked about Marvel? Probably. <laughs> Probably, yes. Or even better. There's one thing I haven't brought up this podcast that I'm actually surprised I skipped over. I think it's because we just got to talking about Frank Welker. <laughs> but uh, this this is one of the worlds. This is the first movie. Yeah, that we've done. Oh, that's no, not the first movie because we've done two others in which there was a this happened. But this is one of the movies that was adapted into Kingdom Hearts, specifically Kingdom Hearts two, of course. And this is one where most of the cast reprises their roles. Oh, okay. Except Matthew Broderick, I believe. Huh. But even Jonathan Taylor Thomas' voice is in the game. Really? As young Simba. It's in a flashback scene, and it's a, and it's the clip from the movie. <laughs> hairball. Excuse me. Yeah, it bet's a hairball. <laughs> But even Jonathan Taylor Thomas makes an appearance in the game. It's just him as young Simba in yeah. the scene of him screaming no when Mufasa dies. Yeah. And it's obviously the clip from the, from the movie, movie, but it's still there. And it's actually one of the better worlds in the, in really? the Kingdom Hearts 2. Huh. Cool. And how it works. Uh, of course, Sora is a lion cub. Of course. Goofy's a turtle. Okay. Because Goofy's always a turtle. And of course, Donald's a duck. <laughs> no, Donald is actually a, is a bird, but it's not a duck. That's just odd. He's got the duck bill because it's still Donald's head. Yeah. But it's a kind of Zazu-ish. Oh, uh, okay. Ish. Well, just... you have to remember, Zazu is 
Mufasa and Sumu Simba's major domo. Yeah. Donald Don, Don Duck in the games is King Mickey's uh, head magician and probably major domo. Yeah. But. That makes sense. Same type of role, that's why he went that route. Okay. Goofy's captain of the guard in the games, and he carries around a big shield. You know why they went turtle. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh. And, of course, uh, Simba appeared in Kingdom Hearts 1 as a summon, mm-hmm. and in Kingdom Hearts 3 as mm-hmm. a summon. Mm-hmm. So, there's... so, off the Kingdom Hearts and stuff. I got I'm going to keep bringing that up anytime there's an excuse to. Oh, of course. Well, here, here's a here's a good point where we're talking about the you know the lessons learned about what you know the lessons we should learn the, the lessons we want to run away from. Kill your brother before he tries to kill your father. <laughs> <laughs> no, kill your uncle before he tries to kill your father. <laughs> or you know, brother, just kill your brother before he. Causes all kinds yes. of mayhem and screws everything up. If your up. brother starts hanging out with a bunch of... Hyenas? Uh, poachers. Slithering doof brain poachers. Poachers. Who hang out in uh, elephant graveyards. Yards. Might be a good idea to go ahead and get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the... Also, stand up to what you know is right. All, remember who you actually are. Mm-hmm. Even if you doesn't feel like you are that person, you yeah. are that person. Yes, it's. It reminds me of uh, the, the past is in the past. The past in the past. That is true. Interesting how it's the same idea because Timon says you got to put your past behind you. you. Yeah, and he uses that to run away from his past. Yeah, then Rafiki says, "Yes, the past can hurt." But, but it's been, you can always learn from it. It's yeah. in the past. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thought. Yeah. Shown two different ways. Yeah, exactly. And what you can do. Exactly. And Timon eventually acquiesces. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they get into a little more of Timon's past and uh, Blind King in half. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. He was kind of kicked out of his family's uh, meerkat estate. Meerkat hole. Because he's Timon. Yeah, of course. I mean, both Timon and Pumbaa are outcasts. They did yeah. say that. Yeah, they are both outcasts. And now they're friends of the king. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they got some, you know... They got free food. Yeah. And one food. of them is a warthog, so you know he's going to eat a lot. Yeah. Hmm. He is a big pig. Yeah. You can be a big, big pig, too. Oi! <laughs> but, yeah, it, just, it, it reminded me of a story in which our past works he uses a lot. Because he, because Doctor Mike will talk about his father a lot, and there's one story where, like, his father is talking to him about, uh, be like, you are a representation of my name. You're mm-hmm. a representation of my name. So you know, act like it. Yeah. And so it's kind of in the same way that Simba, be like, is a representation of his father. Mm-hmm. Be like, his father. He will always be in his father's shadow. But at the same time, Simba is fulfilling the the role in which he is to play. And instead of running away and rejecting that, is fulfilling that. Fulfilling that idea that you be like you are your father's son. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ways we are. Yeah. Because we we we've 
basically want to emulate our fathers our entire lives. And the same in the same way we are be like with holding our last name, be like we are representing that. Mm-hmm. We are representing our fathers. We are representing who our father is and what he stood he stands for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that just it brought out that idea that how much um like how much be like we're both guys. So we have yeah. this this, you know, our kinship with our father that be like it's the be like you have this reverence for your father. And at the same time you want to be like him, at the same time you don't want to be like him. Mm-hmm. But ultimately you wind up being almost a mix. A mix of who your father is and what he bestowed into you. Mm-hmm. And some of us we want to run away from that. Like your father is giving you a business. Yeah. And some of us are like, no, I don't want to do that. But your father is ultimately doing, he's trying to, you know, give you a better life, give you a better legacy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think, oh, we know better. But most of the time we don't, right? Yeah. We, we we have this tendency to be like, oh, as teenagers or in our 20s, we think like, oh, yeah, we know everything. We don't. And we, often we learn that lesson really hard. And then we wind up going back and learning that learning that lesson that we should have learned a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of drew out of it that we that we do have this legacy of our family that we have to uphold to, and yeah. and and not to say that uh, that some people say it's like oh we like if 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 um, if your family rejects you, you reject them. No, Which, that's not how that works. No, it's not how it works. It's because not how it should work. No, because in a there's like say if someone moved away, moved away from their like their moved away from their family, they went from let's say Australia to Texas here in America. They have no support system whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily for Simba, he found Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, and but like yeah, that literally became his family. But there's so many times where we move away because we want to reject this or we feel we've, you know, done something absolutely terrible that no one's going to, you know, love us out of that. Yeah. So we wind up going in and doing all these terrible things. And like, uh, I think, you know, there again, using example, Dr. Mike, uh, his youngest son had done something and uh, he just kept saying, be like, son, just come home, just come home. And uh, it's 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 learning that lesson, learning that lesson, and realize that your responsibility is an adult, mm-hmm. and not running away from your responsibility, and embracing that as an adult. And yeah, it's 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 learning the lesson, or taking the hard lesson you had to learn in order to grow. Yeah. To me, what this movie is about, the biggest thing you can actually take away from this, okay. besides all the things I joked about earlier, okay. <laughs> this is a movie about how to deal uh, dealing with fear. It's yeah. multiple kinds of fear. Oh, yeah. Simba, for most of the movie, mm-hmm. especially after his father dies, is afraid of going back and having to face his family mm-hmm. about what he believes he did. Yeah. And what... As far as anybody knows, but Scar and the hyenas mm. is what he did. Yeah. Despite the fact they don't know it yet. Mm. He doesn't want, he's afraid of going back and facing the music. Yeah. At the very beginning, he's wanting to be brave. Yeah. 
by running into the elephant graveyard. Yeah. And that's why he why when Mufasa confronts him about why did you do this, he's like, Well, I wanted to be brave. Yeah. And Mufasa says, Simba, being brave doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Simba says, But you're not scared of anything. Mm-hmm. Mufasa says, I was today. You were? Yes. I thought I might lose you. Mm-hmm. I guess even kings get scared, huh? Uh-huh. That's what this... That's, that is, in my, in my mind, is what the lesson here is. Yeah. This is about facing the things that you are scared of and being brave and doing it anyway. Because yeah. that is what bravery is. Yeah. It's not about being scared. Yeah. About not being scared. It's about being scared and doing the right thing anyway. And that's what Simba naturally had to do. He was scared of going back and facing... His mother? Yes, his, I agree. His best friend slash uh, future wife? Yeah. And all the other lionesses, every, essentially the entire kingdom, and saying, yes, it is my fault that Mufasa is dead. Yes. I can't help that. But I can't let Scar continue to drive us to death. Yes. And it's, of course it comes out that Scar's the one who did everything. Yes. And that Simba is really innocent in the matter, other than just being a kid who who thought his uncle was looking out for him. Yeah. I can't blame Simba for getting no. in the situation in the first place. No, you can't. But. He he, he believed a very yeah, deceptive lie. A very deceptive lie. Makes him a, that's why, why Scar's a good Loki. Yeah, um, that's true. But. At the same time, he had to go back. He had to face... The hard part was not fighting Scar. Yeah. The hard part was facing the people he he's afraid were going to turn their back on him. Yeah. And that's the funny thing. Even before Simba finally... Simba's learned that Scar's the one who did it. Mm-hmm. They never turned their back on him. No, they just... None of that pride did... Mostly because they didn't have time to, yeah, <laughs> to some degree. But the only reaction you get is Simba's mother, Sarabi, saying, It's not true. Tell me. It's, it's not true. true. Yeah. And that's not, I can't believe you did that. It's like, that, that can't be the reason why that happened. Yeah. I don't want that to be the reason why that happened. Yeah. But at the same time, I bet she's not even... She's not even thinking that's his fault. Because he was a kid. Yeah, he was a little cub. Yes. The fact that he ran away is something a kid would do. Yeah. When he found out, when he thinks he's the one who killed his own dad. Yeah. And that's why... Anyway, that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I I completely completely agree with your point. And, yeah, it's it's, it's part of, you know, facing up to your responsibility in the same same time of, of... be like, you know, facing your fear. You know, mm-hmm. fa- you know, facing the fear that, you know, that you are basically scared to death to yeah. follow. And we all do that. We all do that. We mm-hmm. we are scared to death to come up to, uh, be like, oh, I made a mistake. I got to run away. Yeah. It, it's it's that natural and fight he, or flight. He's running from his responsibilities, but yes. he has to go back and take care of his responsibilities. Yes. And the... It has to be the at least for me in my mind. Yeah, the hardest part of that responsibility isn't fighting Scar, isn't even facing the parent, facing the people he's yeah. afraid he's wronged. 
it's that minute when he's finally knocked Scar off to his doom with the hyenas. Mm-hmm. And he's making that walk up Pride Rock. Yes. To do the roar that somehow saves everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is probably the hardest part. Because now he is taking responsibility not just for Sim, not just for himself, not just for Nala. Mm-hmm. But for the entire Pride, yeah. we are now moving forward past what Scar has done. Yes. And the wrongs he has wronged us all with. That's the hardest part in my mind. And, it's, and there's a reason why Simba doesn't get a real roar until that point. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That Yeah, that's, that's a very good observation. Very, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. He's not king until that moment. Yeah. It's like you were supposed to be king... Be like, you have to come up with your responsibility of mm-hmm. being king and, and facing your fear. And his responsibility is facing his uncle, uh-huh. taking care of that mess, yes, fixing essentially the fault, his father's fault. Yeah. Because that Scar, if, if that pride had acted like a normal pride does, Scar would not have been there. Yeah, exactly. But, anyway. But thus be like... Uh, but then we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe they maybe they're best friends as cubs. You never know. Well, they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. They're probably closer brother, closer siblings than Simba and Nala were. Yeah, in terms of knowing their siblings. Yeah, that's true. I kind of get the feeling Simba and Nala don't know their siblings. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But anyways, not until they had their own kid. Realized, wait a minute, you just had. You've got lots of cubs over there with all those other lionesses. Is this how this works? <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. Ugh. This is odd, but at least my son's the one who's going to be king. <laughs> and that kind of brings up another thing. That's a, that is the thing. The movie ends the way it began. Yeah, oh, I agree. With a new cub being lifted to uh, the heavens. So essentially, it's all a circle. Yeah, it's just a circle, circle of life. life. Yeah, and that turns out it's a girl <laughs> in the second one. Eh. Yeah. Anyways, but it, it kind of it, and somehow at some point, Scarf had another pride. Uh huh. And had kids, and then the prides became one because Simba's daughter and Scar's Sorry. brother, or Scar's son, came together, which is completely thrown out the window when you get to the news, uh, uh, Lion King show where there's uh. The, the newest one where Simba's son yeah. is learning how to be a lion. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But there's a relatively recent show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. I don't think it lasted very long, but it did last long mm. enough for Timon and Pumbaa, played by the two guys who played Timon and Pumbaa and everything, to mm. reprise their roles. Oh, really? Yeah, they, are, they do show up in there and they do reprise their roles. Oh, that's too funny. Because... The guy who plays Pumbaa's got to make another paycheck. Yeah, because exactly. that's all he's got. <laughs> uh, that, that the 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 whole be like you have this huge pride, and there's one male cub out of that entire one. Ma- the, he's just the first male cub. Oh, okay. He yeah, that makes sense. Probably all the other male cubs were killed. <laughs> probably, or it's a young pride. I'm not going to jump to that kind of conclusion because okay. it's not shown. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just hypothetical. 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 Yes. But anyways, yeah, I think we've kind of reached you know, the end of the episode. I think so. So, uh, uh, I 
personally believe this is a family-friendly movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one I think all kids kids and adults of all ages can sit down and watch and enjoy and talk uh-huh. about. It's got lots of great uh, great things for people. Uh, it's got a great message. Yeah, I agree. About, you know, remembering who you are and standing up to your fears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the movie. Oh, yeah. It's, one, it's been, it's a one I remember from my childhood, remember liking. Yeah. It's it's one of those movies that I have very deep memories of, you know, love for mm-hmm. as a kid and definitely as an adult. Oh, yeah. Definitely. A, families go watch this movie. Yes. If you haven't already and you haven't, you know, shown your kids yet, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Go watch this film. Mm-hmm. Your kids are going to love it. And they'll, like, be, and they'll be singing, I just can't wait to be king until you can't hear anymore. So, uh, I'm going to give this one a 8.5 out of 10. I would completely agree with 8.5. 8. 8. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's not perfect because what movie really is. Yeah. But it's still extremely well done. Yeah. The only thing I, I don't like about it, this is even hard to think about, uh... We don't spend enough time with Timon and Boomba. We need another <laughs> five, ten minutes. Yeah. Maybe, while while they're hunting bugs. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Maybe yeah. that's what the extra half hour is in the live action one. Is more Timon and Pumbaa. Pumbaa. Hey, We that, need more of them. Hey, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe we get both versions of Can You Feel the Love Tonight. The Timon and Pumbaa version, and then the version from this movie. <laughs> in the background the entire time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, it's a duet. It's like we sing this line, then we sing this line, this line, this line, back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or at the same time, like uh, like you see in some musicals. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I would probably you know there again be like it's 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 a hit and miss between it's a solid eight or it's a solid eight point five mm-hmm. for me. Be like, I really can't pick. Um. Because it's an amazing film. Be like, there's, be like, there's, you know, the audio thing we mentioned earlier. There's the one where, um, I just can't wait to be king. There's the, where the alligators are drawn very oddly. I'm throwing that up to the obviously intended cartoony visuals of that sequence. Yeah, true. But at the same time, it was so odd. Yeah. It was so odd. But be like, yeah, it's there again. Be like, giving a movie an eight does not say it's a, you know, it's, be like, oh, it's oh, it's it's not the it's not the you know the the upper echelons. It yeah. is. This it's, is good. A, a incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Eight point five is not a bad grade. No, it's not. It it's is very it high. Is, it is very high. Yeah, even on this on the where I consider a seven passing, it is still pretty. It is still up there. The only reason I'm not counting it as a perfect movie is some or or even a quote unquote a. The reason yeah. I'm giving it a B is simply because there are other movies I like more. Yeah. That's well, what it comes right down to. It. And this is a great one, but there's other ones I like more. Yeah. And kind of a... I, I know we didn't talk and about I this. I don't believe in the bell curve, but I'm kind of going, reading on a curve. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. That's maybe. true. And also, kind of forgot to talk about this, that The Lion King is the top grossing 2D animated film of all time. I don't think they're coming out with any 2D films ever. You never know. You there never. was a recent 2D movie. Where? It was about two years ago. Fill me in. <laughs> you know what movie I'm talking about. 
it's a story about six pretty passed up ponies learning about the prestidigitation of companionship. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that was done. That was 2D. That was 2D. Like hand-drawn animation. No, it was vector, but it was still 2D. This wasn't hand-drawn animation. This was vector. No, it was hand-drawn. It's an early version of vector, but it's still vector. Okay, then. It was computer. It was was the cap system. It's not vector as we do vector now. Yeah. But it was a vectorized system. Oh, okay. Huh. It was not cell animation. I was under the impression the entire time. It's not actually cell animation because it's a computer-aided system. Oh, okay. I can't remember what the CAP stands for, but... Yeah, okay. Gotcha. It is a computerized system. There is some computerized coloring, computerized lighting, and it's not a fully hand-drawn system. Uh, this was... America was one of the first... We were one of the first places... Anyway. That's yeah. the point. Either way. I have to double-check on what CAPS... The CAPS program is. Yeah. But it was still well enough that they could go back to the original program and bring it to when they did the remaster. Okay. Okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> That's also how they were able to throw it into 3D because they couldn't do anything pre-caps. That makes when they sense. Tried to convert oh, to 3D. okay. Not that, the uh, three, not that the 3D was worth it, but... No, that's true. Hey, for me, it was worth it. Let's just say that. <laughs> you had a much better reason and it had nothing to do with the movie. Nope. <laughs> Anyways... So, uh, where can they find you, Jacob? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, and also, including on Facebook, at uh, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I draw every day, and I've been doing this for about two and a half years, and uh, I really enjoy art, and if you like seeing artist progression, be like, uh, come join me and watch the, the goofiness unfold. Where slowly can, but surely. Slowly but surely. Where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also now find me on Facebook at Drew's Photo Bin. Mm-hmm. It is like yours as a collection of hand-drawn art. Mine is a collection of photographs mm-hmm. that I wanted to place in a single space where anyone could go find it. It is just a place where I put some of my best photographs for them to be seen by other people. So come and see me take pictures of other things. Pretty pictures. Beautiful pictures. Yeah, they are very good. Yeah, they are very good, by the way. See me fiddle around with a camera. There we go. (laughs) Uh, You can also find both of us at uh, the Cellcast Podcast. Mm -hmm. Or you can email both of us at cellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also find us in our closed Facebook group, The Cellcast. Uh, and also, you can join. You can come to our website at uh, thecellcast.podbean.com. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, every time we say the cellcast, that is with a single L. L. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, yeah. and pretty much any place that uses those uh, podcast directories for their own pod for your own podcast catcher. Mm-hmm. I know the podcast catcher I use. Takes its directory from Apple. Ah. So, there's that. Uh, other than that, do we have any other place they can get a hold of both of us that you know of? Uh, oh, I did forget. Please, rate and review us. Yes. And and uh, get your friends to listen, too. Yeah. Because uh, we do want to grow the community. If you do review us, please email us at the thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. To let us know so we can go and find it, and if we 
like what we see, we'll give you a shout out. If you give us a one star, we may ignore you. Fair warning. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, on the listing of this episode in the iTunes, in the iTunes, in on the listing of this episode in the podcast group, please feel free to leave your thoughts on this episode uh-huh. or, and leave your recommendations yes. for any future movie we might do. Yes. Now, I kind of skipped over this because of the weirdness of how we do this. As y'all know, while this movie was a special case, we wanted to get this out before the live action movie came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our next movie is technically we are having to re-record an episode we did before because of audio issues. And that is Big Hero 6. So look forward to that. Uh, we will be back to rolling when we do the episode after that. Mm. Because we already know what the episode after Big Hero 6 is. Yes. So, uh, return then. Other than that, can you think of anything before we end this thing? Not that I know of. Alright, well this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Yeah, River Beard! <laughs> River Beard! For what? For the death of the king. Run! Is he Rick? Great idea! Who needs a king? No king, no king! Idiots! There will be a king! Rare! But you said, uh... I will be king! Stick with me, and you'll never grow hungry again! Ray! Alright! Wrong did the king! Wrong did the king! Wrong did the ring! time on The Cellcast. Dad, I just wish I could share my accomplishments with you. You mean so much to me, and honestly, I've always felt a distance, what with you being on the family island all the time, and I just wish you could see how... We have a lot to talk about.